and hello. <laughs> well, I meant to say hello and welcome to the ASP, the After Show Podcast. I'm Frank Murphy. This is Mountain Fun Life. If you're listening to the podcast on one of the many things, you'd find us as Morning in the Mountains. You can listen to us on Amazon Echo, for example, when you ask it, and you know who I mean, to listen to Morning in the Mountains podcast. We're also uh, hosted on Anchor FM, so that's where you find the episodes first, and then they eventually disseminate to um, iHeartRadio and Apple and Google and the others. And if we're missing your favorite podcasting platform, well, first of all, how are you listening? But secondly, tell us about it, and we'll contact them and say, hey, y'all, hey, y'all, you're missing out. So what I'm doing right now, here I'm on Facebook Live, as we record the After Show podcast, I can see that I am um, on uh, Facebook Live. So you can watch as we record. We love it when you do. Because also, you can comment as we record. But a part of what I'll do is, of course, save, uh, share rather, the feed to um, my Facebook page, my Frank Murphy Facebook page. You can find me on all the socials as frankmurphy.com which is like my website, except without the dot. I was explaining that to my sister. My sister gave me the website years ago as a gift. She knew back in 1999 or 2000 or whatever that it would be valuable for me to own frankmurphy.com. So she bought it for me. It was very kind of her. And uh, so I've had it all these years. So when time came to create a Twitter handle, or a Instagram handle, or a YouTube handle, all the handles, all the different handles. I used uh, Frank Murphy Com to, as the as the name, so that's how you find me on things. You can find me on uh, all of the above. So what I'm doing here, I'll show you. I guess I'll hit uh, play. So we got, oh, I already got a few viewers. So thank you first of all for uh, for tuning in and watching here on Mountain Fun Life's Facebook page. So enough of that uh, preamble. We have uh, some nits to pick, or picking nits, or nitpicking, I guess. Is <laughs> always, things get in my craw sometimes, you know. I, I'm, I'm annoying that way. I dated a girl in college who called me Mr. Clever, and I thought it was a compliment. It was not. Uh, Debbie, I'm talking to you. She uh, had this little rubber stamp or toy or some kind of little Mr. Clever figurine from something that was popular back in those days, some of these ugly little characters that were cute, ugly, you know? And she gave me the Mr. Clever. And I said, oh, that's great. I am Mr. Clever. And she's like, oh. Because I didn't see the irony of it that um, it's one of my most annoying traits <laughs> is when I, I can't help myself sometimes, and I apologize now to all of you, because I'll see something online. I'll see a Facebook post or a, an Instagram post yesterday. There was an Instagram post yesterday, and let me pull that up because CC's Pizza was nice enough to comment on it. Um, and here it is. It says it's Frank and Kira, and we're um, they're promoting that we did the the show, the pre-podcast show earlier today, where our guest was Dave Andrews from Soaky Mountains Water Park. So if you have questions about that show, please absolutely, I want to see them in the comments. But on the um, graphic, they put Thursday, 10 a.m. EST. And I thought, well, that's wrong because <laughs> EST stands for Eastern Standard Time, which nowadays 
We're only in four months out of the year. Really, no, November, December, January, February, if you want to round off, because what is it? Eastern Standard Time runs from the first Sunday in November to the first Sunday in March. So really, it's only four months. Is, are we in EST anymore? It used to be six and six. We used to uh, split the year in half. April to October was Eastern Daylight Time, and October to April was Eastern Standard Time. So we are now in Eastern Daylight Time. So EDT would be the correct abbreviation. And for those of you who uh, don't care, that's okay. Just say ET. You, you're allowed to. If you live in California, you're always in PT. If you live in Illinois, you're always in CT. I skipped over MT, which is, you know, Denver and whatnot. And here in Knoxville and Pigeon Forge and Chattanooga and the Tri-Cities, all of those places were in Eastern time, which is confusing to a lot of people. A lot of us, a lot of my friends are confused because they think that Pigeon Forge is in Nashville or that they're the same. Like, you all are in uh, Central time, right? I'm like, nope, nope. In fact, we're like two hours from the, the border. If you drove from Pigeon Forge... An hour west, you'd get to, like, Knoxville, West Knoxville. And then drove another hour after that, you'd get to Crossville, Tennessee, which is, like, where the line is, where it changes from Eastern Time to Central Time. So, oh, and now I see my, my lovely wife says, Good afternoon, Dolan. Thank you, Dolan. Bless your heart. I got three or four bless your hearts from Kira during the course of the pre-podcast show. We've been doing the show since last October-ish. She and I together as, as co-hosts. And um, now it turns out I finally have pushed enough buttons that I got bless your heart, which is a southern insult. I mean, you can't, like in New York, uh, there's a, a lot of things they would say, a lot of disgusting rank things they would say in New York. And I said in terms of endearment, like, you know, if someone in New York told me to go blank myself, I'm like, oh, well, that's what we say. And in the South, they say, well, go bless your heart. And it's kind of the same. It means the same thing. So the difference between EST and EDT, uh, but I see so many things where they just get it wrong. It reminds me of my friend Bean, who now lives in England. He would campaign. He would be the, the voice of reason who would remind America that we are in daylight saving time. And there's only one S, you notice, in that trio of words. Daylight, singular, saving, singular time singular so that's the correct usage there of uh, of dst daylight saving time which is confusing because we're in eastern daylight time edt and there's that so i've got to get them to redo that graphic so it says edt instead of est or or just et because you know i'm that way i mean i'm the guy who has a 700 day streak 700 day streak going on the New York Times crossword puzzle because I like <laughs> because I like the nitpickiness of it. The very particular, you know, you get one letter wrong, you don't solve the puzzle, right? If they want to know, and that actually often turns up on crossword puzzles all the time, whether you're in EDT or EST or whatever, they'll put that, um, like, it's summertime in Washington, D.C. It's EDT because summertime in Washington. Eastern Daylight Time. They could say that for Pigeon Forge. They could say that for the Smoky Mountains. So when you're planning your vacation to the Smokies, keep in mind that we are in Eastern Times when you're looking up the hours. And maybe if you're coming from Middle Tennessee or you're coming from 
anywhere where it's not Eastern time, know the know the, the change. And even when you're coming from like where my mom is and my sister's up on the northern Virginia, eastern northern Virginia, or you're in Maryland, let's say, and you think, well, clearly the uh, Tennessee must be in a different time zone because it's so much further west, and it is compared to the ocean, it's much further west. Um, but yeah, we're in eastern times when you're planning and checking the hours of all the different theme parks or the dinner reservations and things like that. Keep it in mind. Oh, my wife is complimenting the shirt and tie that she picked out. <laughs> You'll notice I, I don't think I've worn the blue jacket since we did the photo shoot, which is over here. We did the photo shoot. I've got on this in the uh, the logo. The I guess I can show you the logo on, on Facebook Live if I do that. That, sorry. But anyway, uh, that same logo that's behind me, I'm wearing the blue jacket. And uh, I got the blue jacket on again today. My wife and I got on the Roku last night. And um, we started looking at different episodes of Morning in the Mountains. Because I couldn't remember the jacket I had picked out to wear for today, the jacket and tie combination. Turns out I had picked out almost the exact same one like two or three weeks ago. And I thought, well, I don't have to repeat that quickly because it's been a while since I brought the blue jacket out. So here it is. So that's why we picked. And uh, we're talking about Eastern Daylight Time, Eastern Standard Time. I do enjoy once in a while when I'm, when I'm home. At, I don't know if I'm home at that hour anymore, but when the timing works out right, there is a, a thing on a classical radio station in Washington, D.C. They call it Classical Sunrise. It's time, or it's like a lady actually, DJ, she says, it's time for Classical Sunrise. And they play some nice, soothing, yet uplifting piece of classical music that is timed to exactly coincide with Sunrise in Washington, D.C. Now, when they play that, and I'm listening to it on my Amazon Echo, it's still pitch dark in Tennessee because they have the sunrise, I mean, what? How many minutes earlier would you say? It's probably, I mean, I could look it up. You could Google it, the difference between sunrise in Washington, D.C., or if you really want to see the difference, look up Maine or you know Long Island, New York, or somewhere really, really east, and... Um, versus Knoxville slash Pigeon Forge slash Smoky Mountains, and you'll see the difference in um, sunrise is considerable. I mean, it's at least 15 minutes, at least, maybe half an hour. So that's, um, that's something. And then the other way, it flips the other way, where I'll be talking on the phone to relatives, and they're like, well, I guess we should go inside. It's dark, and I'm still out in the pool, you know, <laughs> because it's nice. <laughs> so we, I, I, I'm okay with that. As a bit of a night owl, I guess I'm okay with having the, um, the sunrise later and the sunset later. I suppose if I were a, a real true morning person, I'd want the sunset to be as early as possible, but it doesn't matter. I'm fine with, um, with the sunrise just when it is. It's okay. So I'm looking for your comments. If you have a topic that you want us to discuss on the show today, I've got these comments pulled up. So I see I'm talking back to my wife who's commenting, and I see my friend Rosemarie Machario is watching. So hi, Rosemarie, and a few others of you. So feel free to make a comment if you'd like, because as we wrap the show, as we wrap the pre-podcast show earlier today, Dave Andrews from Soaky Mountain was here, and Kira was pointing out that I will talk about anything indefinitely until you stop me. 
And she said, for example, you could just say any word and he will just start talking about it. And as an example, she said, he could talk about the color yellow. And I went on this whole jag about mellow yellow soda, which got me over to Mountain Dew. But I could have gone the other way. There was an oldie song called Mellow Yellow, which I think they were saying the guy um, was smoking banana peels. That was about banana, smoking banana peels. That's what they, they told everybody back in the 60s or 70s, that the song Mellow Yellow was about that. It's not. In fact, now that I am a little too far into the story, I realize I have to uh, pull back on the reins and not tell the rest of that story because I remember now what it was. It's on Wikipedia, but don't look because unless you're, you know, Rosemary, you can look because you're a grown woman. But uh, for the most part, uh, you probably should avoid looking up what the song Mellow Yellow is actually about because it's it's not polite. It's, it's something we would not discuss in polite company. I mean, you could buy it in Sevier County at one of those, you know, at sexy stuff. But uh, I've really, I've said too much. I've said too much. Okay, so, <laughs> but I will go on. That's part of the beauty of what I what I love to do in improv is you give me a word and you just go with it. Um, there was a an episode of um, Einstein Simplified. Now we, we haven't been able to perform since the middle of March, since the Ides of March, I think. And now it's been at least two months. And there's a filmmaker named John Hudgens who is making a documentary film about comedy improv using the group that I'm in, Einstein Simplified, as the storytelling method. And out of the kindness of his heart, he um, has been showing these rerun episodes from that, we re- that he recorded last year for his documentary. I mean, he didn't intend to show our uh, improv shows, the hour-and-a-half improv show, or hour and 45 as an entity, he was just looking to pull pieces of it that would tell the story or illustrate different principles of improv. But, like I say, out of the kindness of his heart, he's posting these full-length episodes on YouTube and Facebook every Tuesday night. And there was one where I could hear my wife in the audience shout out uh, straw, drinking straw. But I, you know, I didn't, I don't get to pick that one. The MC picks that one. So pick, they pick drinking straw as my, or just straw, really as my suggestion for a scene. And I went on this whole rant about, you know, I'm drawing liquids into my mouth by creating a partial vacuum with my lips, cheek, and tongue. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can I can send you the link if you're interested. I thought it was funny, but I'm not going to do the whole scene here because it was a, a two-person scene. So my wife, and Justin Gourley, who is uh, watching, often comes to our Einstein Simplified shows uh, when he can. I appreciate that. Now, my wife has said the suggestion she's giving me to, I guess, to talk about is kitchen cabinets. All right, kitchen cabinets. So I think I broke one of our kitchen cabinets the other day. I was home alone. My wife had gone to work, actually, believe it or not, in this age of COVID. She has to go in to her office for a few hours every couple of days and then does most of her work from home. So I open the kitchen cabinet and the thing just starts to come off in my hand. And I didn't use brute strength it was just the screws had I guess stripped into the from the wood and now it just the hinges are just coming off and I've got the thing so I I can't do anything about it it's a two-person job to fix right so I'm trying to balance the thing trying not to break the plates that are in there trying to close it back up I get it closed back up I put a rubber band around the handle of it connecting it to the next one and then when my wife came home I said I think I broke the kitchen cabinet again and uh, what are we going to do about it? I, I talk, call my daughter. What am I going to do? 
She said, well, last time you took some chopsticks or some toothpicks or both, actually, and some wood glue, whatever, you, you jam that in the hole because it's stripped. The hole in the wood is now too big for the screw. So I guess the way you fix it, I guess the DIY handyman, and by that I mean my wife, will now come along. I'll stand there as the helpful husband and hold the door steady. And she's jamming, was it toothpicks or chopsticks? I think it was toothpicks into the hole and then break, snapping them off and putting a little wood glue on the end of the, the toothpick first and jamming it in the hole. And then once it's in there, you take the, um, the wood screw and you know, put it back in and now the door is rehung. So we accomplished this task. We're very proud of ourselves. We accomplished this task. And we look at it, and it's not perfectly straight. And my wife said, oh, no, how are we going to fix this? It's not perfectly straight. I said, well, first of all, it wasn't straight when we started. Um, the last time, four, five, six, seven years ago, whenever this happened the last time, and we had to jam toothpicks in there, um, it didn't go back on perfectly straight anyway. And as far as I'm concerned, the next owners, well, when, we, when we're dead and they sell the house, or when we downsize and we sell the house, the next people can put in whatever cabinets they want. This one is good enough for me for the rest of my time living in this house. Because I've already lived in this house longer than any other house I've ever lived. I think we're coming up 17 and a half years that we've lived in this house. Is that right, hon? That's longer than anywhere. Uh, longer than I lived in, in California. We were only there 10 years. Longer than I lived in the D.C. area. I only lived there 12 years, but in the course of that 12 years, I think I had three, at least three different residents and uh, residences. And then in New York, um, I mean, even my childhood home, only lived there, I think, 15 years. So now I have longer than any other house is the one that I'm in, in East Tennessee. So, yeah, we fixed it up with some Gorilla Glue and some toothpicks, and that's just going to have to do. It's good enough. You know, earlier while we were getting ready for the uh, Morning in the Mountains show with Frank and Kira and our guest from Soaky Mountain. I was talking about the pool, and the, the guy Dave is like, oh, this sounds like you got a really great backyard with a nice swimming pool and a barbecue smoker where your, your wife is an expert barbecue smoker, and she is. She's really good. Um, you should have people over. I said, eh. And Kira's like, I'm never invited. Kira points out that she's not invited to, to come over, which is a shame because... She's a lovely young lady, and she's got a fine family. But it's not that I don't want her to come over. It's that I just don't want to go to the energy and effort to prepare the rest of the place. I said, I put all of my energy, all of it, into cleaning the pool. That's what I do. The pool is sparkling. I think I was I kind of was joking. But you could drink my pool water if you had to. I'm going to take a drink of water while I'm thinking of it. And I've accidentally had pool water to drink and that wasn't on purpose but I was swimming one night and um, you know it was darkish and the bats were flying down I know it's weird and the, there's fog rising from the pool the frogs are croaking the bats are swooping the fog is rising up it's like I'm swimming in a giant witch's cauldron and in the course of this it had just rained I guess and I had delayed my swim until after the thunderstorms had passed because my wife will not let me swim when it's thundering and lightning so <laughs> so I'm in there finally, and and I accidentally got water in my mouth, and I thought, hmm, that's delicious. <laughs> it has the, the taste of fresh rainwater. It was like I was doing a commercial for something, but um, it was fun. 
Anyway, so I put all my energy and effort into cleaning the pool. And I don't want Kira and her family to come over and see, like, the fence that needs to be repaired. I need to hire a repairman. Because the, you, when you open, you know, they open the gate, the whole, the whole fence shakes. And you have to have a fence around a pool, right? So the fence is there, but it needs to be tightened up. I guess i got to put some Gorilla Glue and some toothpicks and some wood screws or whatever. Mm, tighten up the the slats of the fence. And my wife has cleverly commented, if buildings didn't uh, depreciate, we'd be fine. <laughs> Which is a good point. I think I thought she was going to say that the buildings uh, don't depreciate as fast as I do. Uh, and she says, I can't swim during a lightning storm until I buy life insurance. You know who's going to hear that is the life insurance salesman. And I'm, And if you are watching this life insurance salesman guy, I apologize for dodging your call. I used to enjoy talking to you <laughs> before you tried to sell me life insurance. I mean, I know I need more of it. Of course, I need more of it. I have some of it. But he's like, oh, you should have more. And and now I'm at the point where I'm, like, I'm, in the, I'm editing. I was editing a video yesterday, and I get the phone rings, and it's the life insurance salesman. I'm like, well, I'm busy. I'm actually legitimately busy. I will just not take the call. I'm going to keep continue. I'm focused on editing this particular piece of video. And um, then I listened to his voicemail, and it was kind of vague. It was like, I just want to see how you're doing, you know, COVID-19, church reference, things like that. <laughs> Trying to, you know, and then it, when, when you actually call him back to say, oh, I'm fine. Um, church is fine, should reopen Pentecost, which is the end of May, blah, blah, blah. Um, all the things. He'd then go, well, you know, have you thought about life insurance? Oh, man. Yeah, I should think about it. Anyhow, um, let's change topics here because <laughs> it's just, I mean, I'm not afraid of dying. It's just depressing to talk about it. Um, Justin Gourley points out, I mentioned that he is a uh, occasional member of the audience for Einstein Simplified on Tuesday nights when we were doing the shows every Tuesday night, as I have been my 18-year anniversary as a member of Einstein Simplified will come up at the end of June. June 25th is my anniversary of uh, performing on stage. And Justin says he loves that John Hudgens, this filmmaker, documentarian, is posting Einstein Simplified shows online. They're so enjoyable to watch on Tuesday nights. And, I, you know, I, I admit they are. I don't remember any of the shows. And that's part, partly... In fact, let me talk about that short memory for a second. You're listening to the After Show Podcast. I'm Frank Murphy, or at FrankMurphyCom if you're looking for me on the socials. Uh, we're doing this on the Mountain Fun Life channel. I'm streaming the video of me recording the podcast live on Mountain Fun Life's Facebook page and then responding to the comments that I see. So um, you have to have a short memory when you're in sports and when you're doing improv. I didn't understand this term until recently. I had a was that one of those inspirational rah-rah speeches about, you know, it's tough times and the economy and blah, 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 but we're going to rally and yada, 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 all, the, all that. And they talked about in, in our line of work, whether well, this happened to be a salesperson who was doing the, the ch talking, the, the rah-rah, the chatter. But it applies to athletes, performers, and probably applies to you in your line of work, if you, if you bear with me for a moment. How do you have a short memory? How do you do that? Well, if you're in the Super Bowl, let's say, you're obviously good enough to be in the Super Bowl, okay? 
your team got you there. You got yourself. You got your team there. You're clearly good enough. They throw the ball to you and toward the end zone, and you happen to drop it. Are you going to let that upset you? And and are you going to go into a funk, or are you going to get back in the huddle and run the same play so they can throw you the ball again immediately because the defense defense might not see that coming, and you have to forget. You have to have a short memory that you drop the ball and just go back to what you do know and catch it the next time. And that's the beautiful thing about Einstein Simplified shows or any comedy improv, if you ever had the pleasure of performing or taking a class and learning improv, you'll, even if you read the article, you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about, is once you do a scene, once I'm up there doing the scene about uh, drinking liquids and drawing liquids into my mouth by creating a partial vacuum on my lips, cheek, and tongue, in other words, sucking, um, once I've done that scene, it really has to just go away because in a few minutes I'm going to be out there doing a completely different scene with different characters, different words that suggest. Everything's different. So you just got to let that one go away. And it doesn't matter that that happened to be a really good scene that I really liked and had forgotten about until I'm watching it at home one Tuesday night. And there it is. I'm like, oh, it's the triangles game where I did the, the drinking straw bit it was uh, that was a good scene and i was doing it with uh i think it was was it with walt braley anyone remember um i think and he's young i mean when we filmed this last year he was only 25 so i'm i'm going all in like i'm furious that he's knocked this drinking straw out of my cup to save the environment <laughs> so <laughs> i just go after him like total deadpan like how dare you how dare i need to suck and he's like now flabbergasted because I've I've caught him off guard, <laughs> and I didn't know I was going to do it. It just I went with the natural gut reaction. That's what you do in comedy. You you play to the truth, comedy and truth, truth and comedy. And I'm just going after him for being being furious and making him pick up my imaginary straw off the ground. And <laughs> as I remember correctly, he tries to put it back in my imaginary drink, and I told him no, you have to lick it clean. <laughs> And he's just baffled, just completely bewildered by what I'm going to say next. So anyway, I'm watching all of this and and remembering it for the first time since I had done it a year prior. So I, I just enjoy the heck out of seeing these old improv shows. Now, granted, it works the other way. When there's a scene that comes on and I have just, you know, screwed up. I have just done a poor job occasionally. I've missed a cue. Somebody has said something, and I wasn't listening enough. You always have to listen, actively listen. You should hear everything that your scene partners say, and but you don't sometimes. The crowd's laughing, or you or they're doing a visual thing, and it's out of your peripheral vision, and you miss it somehow. And you know we're supposed to be aware and and kind of constantly aware of of what our fellow improvisers are doing. And you know when you miss one, oh man, it's agony. To watch, it's agony to do it, and then it's a, a double agony to watch it again on replay. Like, oh, why did I, why did I keep standing there and shifting my weight nervously when I could have just stood still? Uh, you know, things like that. Yeah, that's why. But that's why I watch the shows because ideally, hopefully, I'll get better from from watching my mistakes. I'll let you learn more from that than you do from watching your successes. Anyway, um, I'd like to point out that Tony Grappin has commented. Woo, Einstein shows online. Again, thanks to filmmaker John Hudgens. And uh, what I'd like to mention 
is that uh, Tony has a son who is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Boy of the Year. Now, where, how did that go from improv to leukemia and lymphoma? Well, let me get to there. Um, during the course of my time with Einstein Simplified, we've had a habit, tradition, um, just a, it's been a thing, of doing shows for charity every once in a while. I mean, we all do it as a hobby. We all have day jobs. None of us are professional improvisers, except that we get, you know, some money in the tip jar. I mean, I've earned literally tens, if not dozens, of dollars from doing improv. And it's nice, because instead of having to pay to go bowling or pay to go do karaoke or pay to do whatever, I end up walking out of there with, you know, uh, gas money at the end of the night. It's nice. And, uh, but uh, because, you know, we've got friends who need things, well, uh, for a while we were doing shows when Brad Bumgarner was in the troupe. We would raise money for the American Cancer Society in honor of his parents, and we would perform at the Relay for Life. Uh, Brad would set that up along with Greg Huff. We would do those shows, you know, like at midnight on World's Fair Park or some weird thing. We would just go and do it for free because it would entertain the, those who were raising money. Or we would do a bit where everything that went in the tip jar would go to American Cancer Society. Well, over time, different charities pop up. And um, a few years back, I was conscripted, tricked, drafted, persuaded uh, into uh, raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is a fine, fine organization. And <laughs> I, I liked it because of the research part of it. They're doing incredible, bizarro research to try to defeat blood cancers. And like including using HIV to attack cancer, I mean, it's crazy, but somebody thought of it, and they've had some success along those lines. Dr. June, you can look him up. And, um, But the other thing they do at Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is they give money to the patients. And when you raise money for the Knoxville chapter or the Tennessee chapter, of which is the one closest to us, of LLS, people right here in East Tennessee will benefit from it, like my friend Megan Forbes would get um, copay assistance. You know, those drugs are super expensive, and the copays are not cheap either. So Leukemia and Lymphoma Society gives her money for her copays or assistance for her copays for the cancer drugs. Pretty cool. Among other things, you know, there's all sorts of things and services they provide. And Tony can tell you that, you know, his son Alex, who's boy of the year, uh, has to go to Children's Hospital a lot. In fact, you guys were social distancing before it was cool because of Alex's compromised uh, immune system because he's you know, having chemotherapy, let's say, or he's got leukemia or lymphoma, which I think, I'm sorry, I can't remember which it is. I think Alex has leukemia and the girl of the year has lymphoma or vice versa. Anyway, um, you can comment if you want, Tony. Um, they, they understand quarantining and they understand social distancing and all of those things. So in this time of COVID-19, LLS has to help out even more because the people with leukemia and lymphoma are in the very high-risk category. We have to prevent them from catching COVID because of this reason. Okay, so Alex has leukemia, and then Kennedy, who I believe is the girl here, I'm almost positive that they one has leukemia and one has lymphoma. So let's just say that I'm right. And um, so a couple of years back, uh, Lori Friel from Leukemia Lymphoma Society and Sarah Roberto, who used to work at the Tennessee Valley Fair and 
now uh, works at the Muse, the Muse, and she got her master's degree, her um, MBA, and all the things. She's very brilliant. She came to me. They came to me one day and said, "We want you to run for Man of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society." I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's a lot of work. It is like a full time job for for the time that you're in the campaign. Um, and my question was, could I win? <laughs> And I was you know, being, trying to be a little bit of a, you know, stickler, you know, a nitpicker. Uh, uh, can I win the campaign? And they lit up. Their eyes lit up. And I didn't understand it at the time. A year later, I'm told that when I asked if I could win, that's when they knew I was the right type of candidate who would raise more money than the other men competing in the Man of the Year competition that year because I'm fiercely competitive. And I wanted I would I would do it. I'll yeah I'll raise money for your charity, but I also want to win. <laughs> want to win the contest. Well, anyhow, the following year, uh, Dave Fennell from Einstein Simplified competed in the campaign, and then last year in so I was in 2017. Dave was in 2018. Last year in 2019, my friend Kristen Farley did it, and they told her. I don't know why. I mean, they 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 didn't lie to her, but they told her that I had done it and that she would be good. So she draws the conclusion that I may have nominated her, which I didn't. But I go to the lunch or the breakfast, the brunch, and to answer questions with Kristen. And she signs on to do it. She's going to run for Woman of the Year. And now, and then she says, didn't you nominate me? I'm like, no, I didn't say I nominated you. I just was going to offer advice if you decided to do it. <laughs> but she did it, and she ran. She raised actually more money than I did. Um, and... Uh, did a wonderful job. I mean, she's on or was on TV. She was on Channel Six, and I said, "Look, I didn't. I certainly didn't mean to mislead you. I, I or have them anyone mislead you, but I will do everything I can to help you raise money for leukemia and lymphoma." So I went um, at the beginning of the campaign. I went on Channel Six with her, and we did a little telethon, and then I did these appearances at, um, at like we had set one up. I think at some like it's like an arcade type place. I can't remember the name of it. I want to say Big Five, but that's not it. That's the name of a sporting goods store in California. There's a place where you go and they have a bar for the grown-ups and they have video games and a ball pit and what do you call that thing? Ski ball, all that stuff. Whatever that place is, I went there. And I and they were donating a, a portion of the uh, receipts, but my job was to convince people as they were leaving to give me their receipt because if I could, the more receipts I got in the fishbowl, we would turn those in, and then the place gave a percentage to Kristen Farley's fundraising campaign. So I, w I was all in. I said, I will do everything I can to help you. And part of that was I said, look, when I ran for uh, Man of the Year for LLS, we did an Einstein Simplified show, and we dedicated all of the money from the tip jar that night to LLS. And I think we made um, – 600 or 300 well, not, was enough to buy an ad in the in the program for Einstein Simplified 300, 600 something like that and then the next year we did the same thing for Dave Fennell again raising about the same uh, let's say it was 300 so I said to Kristen I said at least I, I know we can get you 300 in the tip jar I think we because it was her and she's famous and she's beautiful and all the things we ended up making more way, way more for her than we did for Dave or for me but um, so that show that we did to raise money for Kristen Farley, the Einstein Simplified show, was April 30th, 2019. Why do I know that? Because I got a phone call from filmmaker John Hudgens the other day and said, hey, I'm going to 
edit and replay, or I guess not really edit, but assemble and replay the April 30th show. I said, okay. He said, that's the one with Kristen Farley. Do you think you need to tell her? I'm like, well, that actually is a good idea. I should let her know. Now, Kristen was a TV news anchor at Channel 6 for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years, um, and then left to go work in politics. So I don't talk to her much because, you know, <laughs> I don't really like politics. <laughs> in fact, I hate politics. But she is the communications director for the mayor of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. So I really don't have any particular reason to speak to her much anymore, except occasionally, you know, something will come up. You know, we, we, we go to the same uh, church and something will come up. And um, I saw that her dad had passed away. So I was texting her, wishing her condolences. And um, yeah, say a prayer for her dad. Uh, Michael, is it Michael Farley? Yeah. Or, oh, I have to think about it for a second. Um, I'll look it up. But uh, Michael's his middle name. Give me a minute. Anyhow, um, he passed away. But so I was kind of awkward. I was telling um, John Hudgens, I said, well, I can't exactly call Kristen and tell her that, uh, you know, um, we're going to replay this show because she's got family things to do with, you know, uh, praying for her dad. Oh, where is that message? Here it is. Um, oh, cellular. What am I doing? Stop it. Uh, somehow it thinks... I need to turn on my cellular data for music, which is exactly what I don't want to do. Philip Michael Farley. May he rest in peace. God bless uh, Philip Michael Farley, who uh, passed away on Monday. Um, anyway, so I'm, I, I can't exactly contact Kristen. I thought, how am I going to do this? I know. I'll just blind CC her on the email as we go back and forth with these talks about when the show is going to be shown. And other internal communications with John Hudgens and Leukemia Lymphoma Society and Einstein Simplified and blah, blah, blah. Because part of it is John very graciously said, you know, on the screen I can put up a link that says, even though this fundraising campaign that you're watching happened a year ago on April 30th, 2019, you can still donate to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. They Every year they always need more money for more research and for more patients and copay assistance and things like that to help out, uh, for example, Tony Grappin and his family and so on and so on. So I said, well, let me look into it. And I've come up with a few links and I emailed those to John Hudgens. And sure enough, when he created the Facebook event for this streaming video that happens Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night, which would be, oh, no, I've forgotten. What would Tuesday night be? Um, May... Anyone help me out? I'll look it up. Uh, you can watch this show where I'll be on there as the MC May 19th. Um, I'm the MC. Kristen Farley is the special guest. And we did the bit where we have to – it's called Marshmallow Madness. And I know that she loves marshmallows as much as I do. So we had her up there with Dave Fennell putting marshmallow peeps in their mouth and trying to do a scene, a straight scene. It's impossible, but it's hilarious. So uh, you get to see all of those things coming up on Tuesday the 19th. Well, in the description of the video, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to mention some of the, the current campaigns for Man and Woman of the Year, or specifically the Boy of the Year campaign, because Tony Grappin and his son Alex are also raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and they have a, a, a link. You know, everyone, anytime you do fundraising nowadays, you get your own personal customized URL so that you get credit for the money that you raise. So I thought, well, that's cool. Boy of the Year, 
Alex Grappen, because I know Tony's a fan of Einstein, and back in the day when we were at Side Splitters and we were not organized, um, he expressed an interest in joining the troupe, and we were not, frankly, organized enough to have um, auditions. Like, we do, we've over the years, we figured it out. Like, oh, here's how we're going to do the audition process. We had just started a new audition process when we had to shut down because of COVID-19. So, anyway... Um, Tony had expressed interest in joining the group. He's learned about improv. He's a good friend and a good fan. So I'll mention that Alex, you can raise money in Alex's name. Or in another weird twist, I mentioned that we've had these Einstein Simplified Connections to Leukemia and Lymphoma over the years with me raising money, with Dave Fennell raising money, Kristen Farley, who we did a show for her, specifically her campaign last year. Well, this year there's a woman named Stacy Hillenbrand who – Contacted me and she said, "Hello, you don't know me, or you might you might not remember me. My name is now married name Stacy Hillenbrand." I said, "Hello," and I think this was all probably just an email or text or something. She said, "When I had a different last name before she was married, uh, she was a bartender at Patrick Sullivan's, which was an old saloon down in uh, in Knoxville." Oh yeah, totally post those links. Uh, I know I'm, there's a minute delay, so I just saw your comment, Alex. Uh, I mean, I'm not Alex Tony. Post Alex's link in the comments here on uh, Mountain Fun Life. So if you want to raise some money for these wonderful people who are helping out, raising money for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society via these wonderful people who are putting it out there on the line, doing the work to generate money in, in this contest, you know, whoever raises the most is the winner. Well, Alex is the boy of the year. He doesn't really win, so to speak, but he um, it, it's uh, in honor of his uh, illness and his campaign. That would be wonderful. But this Stacy, let me tell you about. She, she says to me, I was a bartender years ago at Patrick Sullivan's. And that place has been closed. Now it's a high-end steak or uh, meat restaurant called Lonesome Dove. But back in the day, when I first moved here, I loved Patrick Sullivan's. It was a dump. It had been a brothel in the 1800s. It had been a saloon. <laughs> it had been everything. And we did these shows up there on the third floor of Patrick Sullivan's. And this creaky old floor that probably hadn't been fixed since maybe the 1800s, I don't know, um, on this beat-up old plywood stage that was uh, practically as soft as a mattress when you fell on it. It was like pro wrestling. You could take a pratfall on that stage, and you knew that you were not going to get hurt. <laughs> so um, the Stacy says to me, you know, I was a bartender at Patrick Sullivan's, and I used to work the third floor when you guys did your shows. And I'm struggling to remember because I was new to Knoxville at this time. I had moved to Knoxville in 2002, joined Einstein Simplified immediately within my first two months of living here, and started performing. And I'm I'm at the time didn't wasn't as good with names as I am now. I'm obviously training myself to be better at remembering people's names because it's polite. You should do that. And uh, Stacy says, so I'm this bartender back there, and when one of your troop members, Steve, had a huge heart attack right before the show. I mean, this is – so everyone remembers this event. I can tell you it would have been um, 16, about 16 years ago because it was right before our the 10th anniversary of Einstein Simplified. And now we just had our 25th and now coming up 26th. So, therefore, about 15 and a half years ago, Steve had this heart attack. Stacy says, I'm the one who called 911. Like, oh, well, that's really cool. I that because Steve lived. Oh, I should, I should mention that <laughs> Steve's still alive. <laughs> he had this his heart attack, and if someone hadn't called nine one one, 
he would have died. He would have just died there on the floor of Patrick Sullivan's. And he's a weird man. I think he's bitter that he lived, but um, <laughs> he did. He lived. Uh, thanks to Stacy calling 911, and the, they came and they got him. And I'm, we actually ended up canceling the show that night because how do you do a comedy show when uh, one of your members is in the hospital and half the troop has gone with him to help out and you know assist because his wife girlfriend hadn't gotten there yet so things had happened so that's stacy so the boy of the year alex grappen you can uh find that link now and also a stacy hillenbrand uh the two links are on the comments if you're watching this on facebook live and if you're listening to it on the podcast there's a couple things you could do i mean these what i did yesterday or the day before was i googled lls knoxville or tennessee i guess and then found then he clicks on find a campaign or find something it's pretty easy to find the alex grappen boy of the year campaign and the stacy hillenbrand uh, woman of the year campaign if you know what you're doing if you know how to google and you know how to read the search results you should be able to figure it out but if the easiest way to do it would be to go to the facebook feed for this podcast and just look scroll down where are we at the what point in the show are we the 45 minute mark <laughs> i've been talking 45 minutes okay Go to the 45-minute mark, and you'll see that uh, Tony Grappen has shared those fundraising links. And I highly encourage you to, if you can afford it, make a donation. And, and you know what? A dollar still helps. $10 is better. $100 is even better. But every donation to uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma is valid and helpful. So um, I want to see if there's any other loose ends I need to tie up here where I was talking about. What else did I put on the, on the description? if I can remember, that we were going to talk about um, me nitpicking, because I certainly have, have been nicking the, nicking the pits, no, pitting the nicks, whatever I've been doing, nitpicking here on the program, uh, talking about the difference between Eastern Standard Time and Eastern Daylight Time. I feel like there was something else, though, that I put in the description to talk. Comment live. Oh, here it is. Today is Ides Eve, because tomorrow is the Ides of May. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part I forgot. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Because I am amused. My wife's birthday is the Ides of March, so I always make a big deal about the Ides of March, right? Because why wouldn't I? That's, you know, it's my wife's birthday. So I found out by doing crossword puzzles that every month has an Ides. The Ides uh, are not monopolized by the month of March. So when I when I was amused by this, it occurred to me that every time... It's the 15th of the month. I could say, oh, we welcome to the Ides of May or the Ides of June or whatever. And Kira, with whom I co-host the Morning in the Mountains show, the, the pre-podcast show. This is the after show podcast. The pre-podcast show that Kira and I do, um, she pretends, I think pretends, to get irritated every time I say the word Ides. I think it's a cool word. To me, it's like penultimate. It means, penultimate means next to last. Ides means the middle. But it's a cool different word. Instead of saying the middle of March or the middle of May or the middle of whatever, you can say the Ides. So Kira pretends, in my opinion, to get upset about it. I hope she's pretending because if she's really irritated about it, she should probably tell me because I'm going to keep going for it because I like the reaction that I get. So the, anyway, that's... Um, and why was I talking about the Ides of May? Well, tomorrow is the Ides of May. It's my son-in-law's birthday tomorrow. And we were wondering at home if uh, his new daughter will be born today on the eve of the Ides or tomorrow on the Ides of May because 
the reason I mentioned that is last I heard, um, I have to check and see if I got any new text messages, but last I heard, my daughter was in labor with her first daughter, you know, fourth child, but first girl, who um, will be born, I guess, today, maybe tomorrow, I don't know, probably today. So I think uh, that's that's cool. Oh, Tony has looked up odds, huh? How about this? He says, the odds only hit on four of the months. Why? Because those are the months that have 30 days, right? Well, but, but um, and the 13th for the rest? I don't know, Tony, because the Ides of March, March is a 31-day month, and the 15th is the, is the halfway point, right? Or are you telling me that on April and June and September and November, are you saying that those are, I, I'm confused by what you're telling me, Tony, but I, I, if I had to go for it, I would say that the odds are um, generally the 15th, right? I don't know. What does this mean? Each month has a calendar as well. Now that I'll have to Google because he's, he's down talking Latin to me. So if I irritated you, Frank, have you been no, I'm talking about the odds. I was no, talking about... No, I'm leaving. Kira just came in to see if I was okay because I've been going on for so long, but I, I, was, I was getting some good comments about this being the uh, eve of the odds, the odds eve. So, and people are commenting about that. Yeah, my friend Tony is uh, mentioning that uh, the odds of March, May, July, and October would be the 15th, but he feels that the other eight months of the year, the odds fall on the 13th, and I'm going to have to see some documentation on that. So, because if, if that is in fact the case, that gives me additional opportunities to mention to Kira when we hit the Ides of the month. Oh, dear goodness. And I was just saying before you barged in that I was wondering if you were uh, honestly offended by me mentioning the Ides, because if you really truly were, I would stop. But because I think you're playing, I think, I think it's like a game of tennis. I think you're just volleying back to me. That encourages me to do it more. I know. I'm definitely just playing with you. So she's following. All right. So she, but you like to play that. So keep that up. Yes. Because I mean, I was thinking about that after we did the show today, the pre-podcast show. Like, why did they even bring it up? But those of you who are longtime viewers of the Morning in the Mountains program that Kira and I now have been co-hosting together since October-ish, it's funny when this keeps coming back. It sort of becomes a recurring joke. Like, oh no, they can they can sense. As you're watching, you can sense that here I go. I'm about to mention the eyes, and you can see Kira start to roll her eyes, and it's just this wonderful feeling that you already know the joke before it before it happens. It's like when you're watching, oh, pick some show that you love to watch. It could be an old classic sitcom from back in the day from the Honeymooners when uh, you know Ralph's eyes bug out and Alice's eyes start to roll. You know where they're going with it. You know, to the moon, Alice is coming up. You know it's coming, mm-hmm. but that that delicious taste of anticipation. Where I start to mention that today is the eve of the odds, and I get to see that look on Kira's face. It's it's worth it. It's worth it just for that. It's like I vomit in the back of my throat when you say it. Yeah, she vomits. She says she, she tastes the vomit in the back of her throat. Oh, great. Well, that's lovely. I don't think I have a mic turned on for you, but maybe that side one is. I can't even tell. Okay. But also, at the beginning of the show, I wanted to point out that somebody made a graphic that said Eastern Standard Time. No. 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 No, no, no. We're in Eastern Daylight Time. So if you're posting, and I know you didn't do this, but I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking it out on you because you're standing in front of me. And Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> if, 
it's basically March through November. So summer, spring, summer, most of the fall. It's Eastern Daylight Time, E-D-T. E-D-T. Bless my heart. Right. So Eastern Standard Time, you can tell whoever made that graphic. Probably, I think it's the guy who owns the company made it. So I really, I, I can only rail on it here in the privacy of this podcast studio rather than tell him to his face. I'm sure he'll hear. I don't know if he'll listen to this far into, deep he into might. the show. You think? Well, do you want to go record our Monday show? It's going to be something fun. Oh, we're going to go do something? I guess I could wrap this one. I was trying to go. I was trying. Can you come? Can you come? How close can you get so that we can be heard? Because I'm at 51 minutes, and I thought, you know, I could probably make it all the way to an hour. But if you're asking me to rap, Kira, that is exactly stay, what here, I'm doing. Here, I'll social distance this away. You social distance that away. Okay. Um, we're gonna go play a game of I have, I haven't, like things that we've done in the Smokies and. Winter doesn't get anything, but okay. Trophy for being cool, I guess. All right, so there you go. Well, all right, you got I, the room just smelled nicer. I don't mean to, that sounds crude to say that, but I've been sitting here on my own issue for the past fifty-one minutes, and now all of a sudden, when you just ducked out of frame, uh, some of your cologne stayed behind. It might be my hair because I spent a lot of money recently to make my hair look better. Okay, does it have an <laughs> a, an aroma? It does. A hair aroma. All right, well, I noticed it. So I, am I allowed to say that? I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. You can because I spent a lot of money on it, and I, I like the compliments. <laughs> well, it does smell lovely, whatever it is. Okay, so we'll wrap this show. Thank you, Tony Grappin, for the comments. Uh, thank you for any of you who do click on that link and donate to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Thank you for those of you who are able to watch the uh, Einstein Simplified show where Kristen Farley, former TV news anchor, now mayoral communications director, stuffs as many marshmallow peeps into her mouth as she can possibly fit. And then she cheats. I don't want to give away the ending of the show, but she totally cheats and chews and eats the peeps because they're delicious. So that's fun. And then um, all of the other things that I randomly went off about during today's after show podcast with Frank Murphy on Mountain Fun Life. But I've just been told, wrap because we have to go do another thing. We're going to go record something in the other room that you'll be able to see on the Mountain Fun Life Facebook page, Roku channel, and YouTube channel in the days ahead. So thanks again for watching the After Show Podcast with Frank Murphy, if you're watching, or thanks, God, for listening on uh, the various podcasting apps. When you ask for Morning in the Mountains, you'll get not only this, but the other things. So if you're hearing this one, generally speaking, the next thing you'll hear is the show that we did this morning before this with uh, Dave Andrews of Soaky Mountain. And then if you keep going along, it goes backwards in time, so you'll hear Jim Johnson's shows and then Santa Claus and Joe Moore and then going back around to Rich Haley and, and me again, blah, 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 blah. That's the way podcasts work. But all of our shows all come under that same Morning in the Mountains header. So I'm trying to remember now the order in which I click things. I think I kill the stream first. Is that right? All right. Thanks a lot for y'all for watching all y'all. Uh, we will talk to you again, meaning me, next Thursday. This is Mountain Fun Life. I'm Frank Murphy. Toodles.